Good morning and welcome to church. It's good to see all of you. It's, it's good to see some of you in church that I've not seen for a while. You know, it's been a crazy journey since March 2020. From two persons to 10 people to 30 people to 50 people and today to have almost 100 of us. And it's still a journey while we're moving forward in and I'm praying that it will also challenge us to look at church in a different way. That it's not just here. It's not just this 35 minutes, this one hour. That it is more than it is, but yet still anchored on this. Let's think about what God is trying to show us to challenge us to do. And before I begin, because of just the immense responsibility, I think, I feel towards today's topic, and all topics actually, but today is just really difficult. Will you join me in prayer? Father God, it's so crazy. It's so crazy that I am trying to articulate who you are to these people and in helping all of us come to understand who you are, Father. But Lord, I understand that you are actually the one doing the work, that your Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts and my words is just facilitating the process. And Father, Lord, as I introduce God, who you are to them, I'm introducing you to them as somebody that I know personally, relationally, as my father, as my brother, as my God. And so, Lord, may you speak and use me this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have not noticed, we've gone through the whole process of trying to introduce to you the Trinity. We started from God the Father, and John spoke about the Son yesterday, uh, last week, sorry. And today, I'm going to touch on a topic that the Bible is relatively quiet in terms of introducing His person, but always shows by His power. So much so that there's a misunderstanding of who He is. I'm going to talk to you this morning about the gift of God, and I'd like to draw your attention back to the Scripture reading that we've just read again. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, it's almost like the, the proclamation of like, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn to do your thing. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, it says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of, the, of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sin, and you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You will. So all of you who are baptized here, who have received Jesus Christ, are also entitled to this free gift. You know, there's a lot of um, e-commerce promotion going on that all of us became all so familiar with um, throughout this last year and a bit. You know, I was, I, I, one of the main, I'm not going to mention names, I get no benefit from mentioning any names or any platform, but they do things like, if you buy $50, you get free delivery. If you, get, uh, you buy $100, we'll throw in a gift. Hang on, you're $50 off from the next promotional price. Buy two and get one free. You know, you get all this promotion trying to draw you in, and before you know, you're spending $2,000 buying toilet paper. And that is, I think, human psyche. Humans, we, 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 we love getting something for some, a little less. But yet, it, it's crazy how as Christians, that when we receive this free gift of salvation through the grace of God, we, who are entitled to the additional bonus gift, have forgotten about that. 
And that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it, and it is such a challenging topic to, to explain because we are, we, especially in the Adventist church, always think that if we understand, it's, it, that, that is what it is. As long as I understand the logical flow, the rational arguments, the Bible verses, I've gotten it. But this is God. God is not a, a coronavirus that we can study and understand and create vaccines for. It's not something under us, but even this coronavirus, this invisible little thing that flows in the air, we have not been able to understand it. Scientists around the world, the most brilliant minds coming together to solve this problem has not been able to solve it totally just yet. And yet, there are discussions and conversations and words spoken about God as if we've understood Him and as if we know what He means and some of us have dismissed His reality. We think by thinking, we can know. As much as a chimpanzee can think about humans, I don't think a chimpanzee can understand humans. They are smart. In fact, research has shown that smartest of all of them can, can reach uh, uh, intelligence of almost a nine-year-old. That's really smart. But if a human being remains a nine-year-old for his entire life, we're not saying that person should be that. It's not how it should be. They should progress as they age. You know, uh, I always joke with my friend. Uh, he's, uh, he's about 85 years old. Uh, we knew each other from when I was in secondary school. And uh, he, he's now 85. And we always talk, you know, when I was younger... 30 years ago, you were 55. You were at the peak of your brilliance, you know. And I say, now, you know what? You know, we, we hang out once in a while. And now you've gone back to being a child. And I say, what do you mean? Now you make demands that I used to make of you back to me. You know, you get upset when I don't get you your taping. You get upset when I don't do this for you. You get upset when I don't call you for a long time. It's as though we go from child to adult and then back to child. Interesting progress of human beings. But there's no way a chimpanzee can ever go through that process because they're stuck. The most they can think about at the maximum capacity, give them a little bit more grace, maybe an 11-year-old. And yet we are thinking about God who is infinitely more than who we are. And so I like to propose that in understanding God, it cannot be done simply intellectually. In fact, I think the, uh, the way that the Scripture has been introducing God has been through the reality of experiencing Him in your lives. And the fact this morning, we're experiencing the Trinity right here. That as I speak, as a human, the Spirit is working in your hearts with the realization that you know Jesus saved your life and the Father has forgiven your sin all at once. But we go through life so quickly that we don't stop and ponder and reflect that we neglect the Trinitarian work in our life every single moment. Although, the word Trinity doesn't even exist in the Bible. And some people have gone and said this Trinity thing doesn't exist because the Bible doesn't have an exact word for it. Mind you, the Bible is made out of two languages, actually two and a half, Hebrew, Aramaic, Greek, they're all dead languages. Nobody speaks like that, talk like that anymore. 
And the fact that it's not the Bible's fault for not presenting God, because God doesn't need a label. I'm, I'm Trinity, by the way. Hey. But God is presenting Himself as who He is, and we need to, we are human, as human beings, are the ones who try to put a label and to help ourselves understand, and we call it Trinity. And so today we come to the third person of a Trinity, Holy Spirit. Rene Descartes says, Cogito ergo sum. I think, therefore I am. And that phrase, because of his work in the early Western world civilization, has impacted humans today, that we think that because we can think and we can understand, we are human beings. Are you better than an AI, than a computer that can process billions tons more of data than you in a single minute. So is the AI a living soul? That's a huge other discussion. But if that's the, the ideology you subscribe to, then maybe you have to give it some consideration. You think, therefore, you are. But the Bible never says that. The Bible introduces God and experiences through living. In fact, today, our sense of reality has gone one step further. I, this is what, what attracted me to my, my specialization is in multimedia was before we even know it today, there was this experience of virtual reality 20 over years ago, and I had an experience of that, and I'm like, wow. And so I went into multimedia thinking I could go into this world of creating virtual worlds for other people to experience things they've never experienced before. Back then, it was ugly. Human beings look like boxes, and yet we were already amazed by what we can create. But today, it's not even virtual reality anymore. It's augmented reality, where you can overlay reality with virtual reality right among us. All of you can do that. Play Pokemon. There's still people playing Pokemon under my block till today. I say, because me and Tiffany and Lucas was going home one day, we saw these three grown 50-year-old men just like, not with one phone, right, by the way, four, three, three, four phones. And for a moment, we were baffled by what they're doing because Pokemon is such a thing that's so long ago. And then it dawned on us, oh man, they're catching Pokemons. But it's gone a step beyond that, that today they're integrating into your glasses. That you can look at things and straight away access data that we could use to dream of as a kid, which is immersed in sci-fi that you could like look at glasses and think, I can look at all your data if mine is one of those advanced glasses that cost too much. But more and more people, as they get into it, it becomes cheaper. That I, can, I can access information about every single thing. That as you listen to the sermon, as I mention something, as I refer to a scripture, you can just think about it or use your eyes to control and you can access the information. I can no longer say that you're not paying attention because I wouldn't know. Because you'd be just looking straight at me by watching a video. And I wouldn't even realize. What is reality? So first, I'd like to introduce to you God. God doesn't need an Oscar award. It's coming up soon, by the way, in a few weeks' time. Um, <laughs> the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit doesn't fight for prominency like human beings. That's not who they are. In fact, you say the Scripture doesn't talk about the Holy Spirit. Well, exactly. 
They don't need to be featured prominently. They're going to go, go back and in their own private internal discussion go, you know what, I think the Bible talks too much about Jesus. I think it should be dedicated a little bit to the Father and a little bit to the Holy Spirit more. And this editorial process. Hey, Holy Spirit, you're the one inspiring the, the authors. Can you put a little bit more of me inside? In fact, if that's how they work, the Holy Spirit, this whole Bible will be all about in the Holy Spirit. In fact, maybe it is. They don't need to fight to, to, to be the one being important. That's why when we think about God, we cannot think about it with our human worldview and values. There's people who tell me, you know, God cannot be equal because why? One is called Father and one is called Son and one is called Holy Spirit. That's why they're like descending order. One is less than the other. That's human words. Because His Son, He's less. If you are like any proud Singaporean Asian father more, he'd be like, my son is better than me. He's smarter. Look at him, so clever. Oh, my son's so clever. Most fathers would think that their kids would be better than them, and they hope for that. That's why they bring them to music class, ballet class, swimming class, gymnastic class, mathematics class, advanced Chinese, advanced, advanced Chinese. Uh, it's like, what are you doing, man? Because we want them to be more than who we are. And so, but how is it that when we look at the son in a description of Jesus, we think he's less than the father? I don't know. Because we're very humans, that's what it is. And we think of the Holy Spirit, before he doesn't have a proper relational term that we are used to, the Holy Spirit seems to be like excluded. But that's not what the Bible tells us about who God is. It's just trying to explain the relational interaction within the Trinity, who is God. And there are some people who say, well, that's how I understand it. God the Father belonged to Old Testament. He's the Old Testament God. <laughs> Violence, lightning, thunder. And then there's Jesus, love, nice, carpenter, healing, with a whip sometimes. Overturned tables. People don't read that part. They're like, Jesus is really nice. He flipped tables on people. You know? <laughs> then we're like, okay, that's Jesus. He's like New Testament time. Now we live in a time of the Holy Spirit. As though you can split God into three. As though they don't work together. Like It's like God the Father say, oh man, I worked for 4,000 years, man. Guys, I worked a long time. I need to retire. I need to get my CPF now. Jesus, take over. Jesus like, oh, it's my turn now. Do work for three, 33 and a half years, and then he, he finished. He's like, whoa, 4,033 and a half? Then the Holy Spirit had to work for another few thousand years. Jesus got a good deal, hey? If that's how God works, but that's not how they work. They've been in existence from the beginning together all the way to now. It's just that now, Holy Spirit's prominence is, is his, his turn to show us because it's a different environment and they need to work differently. Father, Son, Holy Spirit is God. And the fact that your brain just hurt a little bit just now, that's good. Because He's God. You can understand Him 100%. You can only understand what He wants you to understand. What He reveals to you through your life, your experience, and, and your reading of the Bible, that's all you're uh, privileged to. You can't understand everything because why? Because you can't. Your brain explodes. 
I once worked in a, a, a job that I was introduced, this is 20 years ago, I worked in Australia, and they introduced to me one of those very powerful servers. You think 4G network was crazy, but, but back then it was only 3G, and they had to churn out. Imagine all the phones have to get download data and send data and get information, right? So these are servers that runs the telecommunication towers. And this was it. This was this monstrous machine that is the core of all other towers. And so the amount of data that goes through this server in one second is one terabyte. For those of you who understand data, your phone's maximum capacity is about one, if you have a big phone, 256 gigabyte. One terabyte is about four times of that in one second. So it's like if you, if you plug into the machine with a normal phone, boom, it explodes. And then they were looking as they went to 4G, they were trying to move the, the huge server from where it was built to the building, which is reinforced with, with like double layer steel. And then they needed four cranes to lift it up because it's so heavy and it encompasses the whole floor. It was going to give 30 terabytes per second. God is more. God is infinitely more than that. And if this brain, if you're just trying to understand everything, you can't, but you can still know God from what he's trying to reveal to you. And because of that, I'm going to go down the path of Tony and Hank and say that this is only part one. But the good thing is, I don't have to wait for James to invite myself back. I just invited myself back to preach on it later on. So, Anyway, let's turn to, let's not turn to, let's look at this quote. Man, this is an awful font, eh? <laughs> Do you know who Nikki Cruz is? Nikki Cruz? Nikki Cruz is a, a street gang member from New York that became an evangelist. And his, his story has been written into a movie in 1998 called Run, Baby, Run. And so many people have been watched that has become famous because of that. And this is his sharing of what he understands about who God is. Let me read. God is a magnificent Father. God is a magnificent Savior, Jesus Christ. But if it were not for the magnificent Holy Spirit, I would still be a wretched, hateful sinner. It is not enough to have a Father God who loves and provides for me. It is not enough even to have a salvation who, a Savior who died for my sins. For any of those blessings to make a difference in our lives, they must also be present in this world, that third person of God, the Holy Spirit. Mind you, Nikki Cruz did not go to theology school. He doesn't have a PhD. He's just sharing from his own experience of who God is. In fact, when he first accepted, he shared in his, in his book that he accepted because he trusted the people who shared. The pastor who, who talked talk to him about it, okay, I believe it, but I don't understand it. Nikki Cruz would say, why is God so troublesome? Why do you have to explain himself in three persons? Why don't he make it easier? But years later, this is what he says. He says that I now understand because I've experienced it. He goes on to say, Jesus saved me, the Father forgave me, but the Holy Spirit convicted me, brought me to my knees, and showed me God. He's saying that in every aspect of our Christian life, all three of God, God's person is involved in it. That's the fact that when we baptize somebody, we baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Because all three have to work continuously for us as Christians to experience God. He showed me Jesus Christ and I was gripped by His strong, sweet love. And then He shoved me towards God and I gladly fell into the arms of my loving Father. I love how He, he used a soft, gentle a, a verb and then a strong, powerful verb. Show me Jesus. Jesus is really nice. And maybe because of humans, we fear the Father a little bit more. The Holy Spirit gave him a push and he fell into the loving arms of the Father. All three of them are involved in the work of our daily experience if we are followers of Christ. Even if you're not, the three are working in your life. During this time of pandemic, a new thing surfaced. So people can't travel, right? Because we're all stuck. In Singapore, right, there's only so many times you can drive around Singapore before you try to drive into the sea. I've been to like, every shopping center, every theme park, every like, open space and closed and close spaces that I'm like, what do you do, man? Then you go to Sentosa, and then you go to the southernmost point of Sentosa and just look out into the ocean and go, ah, Indonesia. Australia, where are you? So much so that my wife and I, my kid, we go to the airport just to look at planes. Park there. <laughs> Can't go anywhere. So a new thing happened, right? So people start to do virtual tours. You have to pay for it. Right? You can go online and go to Chile and go one of those providers and go, I'm going to go for a tour of Chile. And so this guy will take a camera and he'll walk around Chile and he'll show you various spots, helping you to experience Chile. And then oh, you want to experience uh, Portland, Oregon, and then this guy will bring you around Portland, Oregon, bring you to, to my favorite cafe and says, James, you can't come here yet. I hate you. Or in Singapore, there's people who bring them to Bugis and to, right, right now, they bring them to show them the lights that's being lighted up for Ramadan and bring them around and show them Singapore. It's awesome if you're in COVID. What would I rather do? What would you rather do? I'm going to go there, right? Some of you have been involved in one too many virtual summit, conference, meeting, exhibition, gatherings. That, yeah, you just want to like, like destroy Zoom. <laughs> you spend so much time in front of the camera, you start noticing the, the dust on the camera lens to the left topmost. We will, all of you, I think, would love to travel somewhere if we're allowed to, if it's safe. But participating in those virtual tours are not the same as being there in person. And so it is with Christianity. It is not good enough to participate in Christianity virtually, imagine it, but not actually living it. Did I just hear a thunder? God's like, yes. <laughs> so may I introduce to you that I can go through verses after verses and explain to you cognitively what the Bible is talking about God. I'll do that later. But before I even go to that, I will submit to you that to truly understand God, you have to understand Him experientially. In fact, you right now, seated here, you are learning about God if you just pause and become more reflective about your experience of Him. 
How is your heart stirring from hearing some of the words as presented? Is not James being a good speaker? How do you feel as you sing the songs just now? You feel that you've been brought closer to God. It's not because, although they're really good, although that they're singing wonderful, it's not because for His service it's like magical. Maybe they are. But it's because God is working to reveal Himself to you and that is His desire, His intention. So let me remind you that Jesus saves The Father forgives, but definitely the Holy Spirit draws you to Him. And I will tell you that Holy Spirit is not just a non-personal power, but He is so real as a person that without Him, there's no way we can understand who God is. Every day, uh, I'm in charge of baptizing my son, uh, Every day, just in practice for the actual one, one day. Uh, one of the things that, that we have to learn over the years is getting his face wet. It's always a, a horrible moment that I used to just surprise him with, and then he was like, and I hate it, you know. And then slowly, slowly, I've been introducing getting his face wet by wetting his hair and then moving closer to the face, and I'm like, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And then that moment, he braces himself for the water that runs over his face, and he's like, where's daddy? Freak out. He's not at a place where he can stop his daddy from talking about him just yet, but one day I will lose the privilege of speaking about my son. But that's a, a process that, that, you know, if you want to be clean, you cannot say, I really want to be clean, but I don't want the water to touch the place of my face where it's dirty. I know I should wash my face, but can you just not let the water touch it and st- still clean my face? I'm like, son, no such thing. Got to get the whole head in the water. Every single part of it. And uh, recently we found a new way of uh, shower. The shower head is not as fun, but he likes having water poured over him. So I've got a big bowl. I go, <laughs> and then he's like, this is fun. I'm like, okay, that's how we're going to do it. That's how we're going to do it. To experience and learn about God, you cannot sit back and say, God, reveal yourself to me and then I will participate in this experience. You have to say, God, I don't know what's up. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm going to step into it and I'm going to start experiencing it. I'm going to learn it as I go through it. And that's actually the only way the Bible tells us that we can learn about God. As you read the Bible, even as you read the Bible focusing on being intellectual about it, the the fact that you understand and having this warm feeling of like, whoa, that's awesome. That is the word of God during that reading. In fact, in the Bible, the the word for know is yadah. It is not the Greek way of knowing where they separate knowledge from the body. Where it's a dualistic, Platoistic understanding of life where the mind is greater and more noble and this body is just awful. The biblical way, which traces longer back into history than any Greek thinking, says knowing is first doing. The body and the mind is one and experience it, to know it, to be involved. That's why Adam know Eve. It's not just because they were physically intimate. They were getting to know each other relationally. 
that God continuously choose to use the word yadah in getting to know Him. He says, know me. Experience who I am. Let me work in your life. And as you work, as you put name and actually explain those experiences, you've actually come to a better understanding of who I am. The closest word I could find in English today is this word, tax it. It's an uncommon word, it's not so familiar. I almost thought it was tactile, but no, it's not. Tax it means understood or implied without being stated, is the, the, the dictionary's best explanation of what it is. And in fact, most of us, or if you put a more layman term, maybe the closest equivalent would be gut feel. You have a gut feeling about it. Actually, gut feeling is not all by itself. You're actually informed by all those experiences that has, you, have, you have accumulated over your, your, your life. Like if I look at something in the fridge that's been there way too long, I have a gut feeling that I shouldn't eat it. Not because I'm scientific, biological, I put it in a microscope, I look at how much germs is on. No, it's because I've eaten bad food from the fridge before. The color is a bit off. I cannot tell you the RGB, CMYK code for it. The green is a little pale. It's a little bit too furry for my preference. It smells a little, mmm, this curry. The coconut is not fresh. So I can do one or two things. Ah, I'm overthinking it. Good riddance, James. Or I could go, you know, from my toxic knowledge, from my gut feel, I really should just throw this thing away. One example. We have many of those in our lives. We experience those who drive, those who drive, you do that every single day. Especially in Singapore where nobody's nice to nobody, you know? We drive to, a, 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 you know, one of those lane combining into the expressway, especially CTE, you know? You go there, and you see the car coming. He's, he's further than he should. He's quite far away. In normal human nice circumstance, you can just merge. But Singaporeans have something that goes on in their mind. When they see somebody in a giveaway coming in, they're going at 70. Suddenly, they, need, they feel compelled to go to 90. As if because one car comes in front of you, you'll be delayed for life. You speed up. But at the same time, those of us driving in the giveaway also have this ability to, I know he's going to do that. So I'm going to speed up more than usual and I'm not going to signal. Because the moment I signal, he's going to speed up to 100. Singaporeans, come on, man. Be nice. So when I first came back from Australia, I can't drive. Here in Australia, even if you're like, in the giveaway, like 10,000 miles away, the person on the express sees you, they slow down. Mm. I'm like, no, no, just keep going. Mm. Then you're like, okay, <laughs> thanks. And then you go. Different driving styles. But the fact that we know how to merge into a lane is that tacit knowledge. You know from your years of accumulating experience. That's so why you cannot be a better driver without driving. You go for a driving test, then you need to drive. Then you need to have your first accident. 
Then you drive better after that. Then you need to get your first speeding ticket to know where those traffic police are hiding. You never get your second ticket ever again. Or you can keep getting them, like my friend. Toxic knowledge. That's imbued into human beings. And that is what we need to tap on to understand who God is. Tell me the second Corinthians 13, 14 as I conclude my part one, my introduction of the Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. It is not going to be on the screen, so you need to turn to it somehow. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. And as I come to the end, before I come back again in three weeks' time, two weeks' time, I'll encourage you to do this. This is the famous benediction that they say. It's based upon the Old Testament benediction. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, implied the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I don't know whether it dawned upon you that the, the word love was tagged to the Father. That the grace of God is what you've received. But then the, the key thing we need to do from today, you have not to realize that you are in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. For those who have accepted Christ into your life, you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter whether you've opened it up or not, it is still in the wrappings. You have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And in the fellowship of this Holy Spirit, you will get to know God. I think one of the things that the church, especially those of us in Singapore, has to challenge ourselves is to reclaim the supernatural aspect of who God is. That He is indeed working supernaturally daily in our lives, even though we like to lean on rationality, cognitive, intellectual understanding of who He is. That God can only be God if He works beyond nature that you have to allow space for the supernatural to happen. Informed, but don't try to explain everything. Because if you can explain everything, I don't think that is God. He is more, infinitely more. Yes, let's continue to experience our Lord and Saviour, how the Almighty God. Let's also continue to praise Him and honour Him each and every day. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let's Shall we stand. All stand?
receive the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father, and very importantly this week, Father, help us to experience the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen.